1: Appreciate you tuning in tonight. 3-2, the Maple Leafs leading Boston. That's early in the third period. After two, Hurricanes leading Washington 3-0. The shots are 33-10 for the Capitals. Hamilton with a goal, Fogle has the other two. Svechnikov KO'd by Ovechkin in a fight in the first period. Predators and Stars started about half an hour. Flames and Avalanche will face off at eight o'clock. Blue Jays trailing the Twins 3-1 after four. AJHL game three of the final, just starting in Spruce Grove. Saints down two nothing in the series. To Brooks, the Flyers have hired Elaine Vigneault as their new head coach. Nazem Kadri suspended for the rest of the series for his cross-check on Jake DeBrusque on Saturday, so he suspended the rest of the leafs bruins series. Joe Thornton, one-game ban for hitting Nosek, Thomas Nosick last night in the game between the Sharks and the Golden Knights. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is uh, Inside Sports on 630 Chad, I'm, d- I'm going to address somebody by name here on the text line, Kellen, because this I- individual, who's actually very polite but very adamant, mm-hmm. has been uh, texting me re- repeatedly on this topic for several months. Okay. Uh, his name is Jeff, and when I gave the Flyers record, he said, hey, Reed, I'd be surprised that a 500 team would fire its coach is that 37, 38, and 8 record for the Flyers a 500 record or is it a 451 record? Jeff is adamant that I stop giving out points percentage and I only give out wins percentage. Like, it, it, like it really bothers him. And now it's reached the point where it bothers me that it bothers him because he just won't let it go. Jeff, it's points percentage. If you get 82 points in the NHL, you're a 500 team. Now, maybe 500 doesn't mean what it used to mean because you kind of have to go at least 550 to get into the playoffs. I get it. But for ease of math, it's, it's 500. We all understand that 500 isn't the standard that it used to be, but it's still 500. And the points matter... Because this year, Arizona won more games than Colorado. Colorado's in the playoffs, Arizona isn't. So if we went by your world of winning percentage, Colorado wouldn't, got, wouldn't have got in and Arizona wouldn't have. So I'm really sorry this upset you. I'm really sorry the NHL added points for shootout and overtime losses. Like, I'm generally sorry it bothers you this much. Jeff, I'm genuinely sorry. Like, I generally wish I could give you a hug. As awkward as that might be, I really wish I could hold you and say, Jeff, I know things have changed, but that's how the world works. You know? Like, I really wish the Simpsons were as good as they used to be in the 90s. But you know what I don't do all day, Jeff? I don't text TV critics and complain about it. Uh, All right, you can text 630-630, even if you're Jeff. Tiger Woods, he is a winner again, wearing the green jacket again. And this guy was there. We've uh, had him on the show before in his capacity with leading-edge physiotherapy right here in Edmonton, but we're talking to him tonight as a huge golf fan who got to experience Woods' victory at Augusta. It is Grant Fedorik. Grant, welcome back to the show. How are you doing?
2: Well, I'm doing good. I'm uh, just get recovering my voice.
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, when they talk about the the roars at Augusta, you got to actually be a part of that. Pretty cool, eh? Yeah.
2: There's a couple. There's a couple roars I might have started. Let's just say.
1: Well, let me start right here. We'll start at the end of the tournament. Where were you? What was your vantage point when Tiger putted in to win?
2: okay well we actually were there pretty early uh everything got changed around the night before when the storm started to roll they changed all the time so we knew we kind of had to get to the gate so we did got in line and uh, we were pretty fortunate to get our chairs second we were about third deep uh, right along right along 18 so we were right even with that bunker on the left side of the green and uh, had a pretty good vantage point to the whole thing coming home
1: amazing and so did you stay on 18 all day or, or were you able to move around a little bit
2: no we followed most of the action we were pretty lucky we had a pretty sweet spot on uh, amen corner as well uh we kind of hung out at number two for a little while uh right when tiger teed off of one and stood by and uh, tiger came through i was basically right right behind him as he putted on number two standing up right on the right on the rope so i might be able to find myself but uh, And then we kind of tracked him for a little while and followed, kind of became part of the crowd and had some pre-planned idea of where we would go and catch him as he came through. We kind of skipped ahead a couple of holes and listened for roars or ahs, or, uh, you know, to see how he did. And then we had a really awesome spot on Amen Corner. And uh, if you haven't been to Augusta National uh, and... Now that I've been there, I can tell you it's everything they say. It's uh, it's a spectacular view. We had a, a, an unbelievable viewpoint right at, uh, we could see 11 and 12 and see them tee off on 13. We were right on the bottom corner, right on the ropes, front row, and uh, saw the the drama unfold there. As soon as that kind of happened, we knew we were going to have a tough time finding where our chairs were on 18. So we booked it, you know, and you can't run there. You got to walk. So. And it's hilly. I mean, I I got, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I did at least a few marathons there uh, just that one day. But uh, we got to 18 and watched about the last four or five groups come through.
1: So you can actually leave your your chair by the 18th green and it'll be there? There's not going to be somebody there saying it was theirs or it's not going to grow legs and walk away, so to speak?
2: there's an etiquette there it's a pretty awesome thing you you put your chair down you put a business card in it so you're identified And you got to find it so you got to give yourself a pretty good landmark because it's a sea of green chairs and when we got there we were only like i said a few rows in so we gave ourselves a landmark by the time we got back there there's about 10 more rows of chairs behind us and then standing. And so you got to navigate your way through all the people standing and say, you know, this is my chair. And what you do is if there's a chair just sitting there and nobody's in it, you just sit down in it. And if the person who owns it comes along and just says, hey, this is my chair, you just get up and let him have his chair. So there's lots of places where chairs are just sitting free and you can get off your feet. But, I mean, as a physio guy myself, I'm going to have some foot recovery for sure for the next week because my, uh, my dogs are barking, let me just tell you. <laughs> but we got <laughs> we got to our chairs uh, just fine and got seated. And, and then we just watched the board on 18. And read. this is the part that I'm having fun telling the story. There's no... Communication there. You know, there's no phones. You're not asking. You're not following it. The only way you follow it is on the good old historical leaderboard. They don't even walk around with a thing behind the players. There's just leaderboards everywhere. And it's a camaraderie. You know, you get to know everybody there, and you ask them, what, it, what was that, you know, where, how's so-and-so doing? How did, where did, what did DJ do on that hole? It looked like he birdied it. What happened? And guys will just say, I was standing there, this is how it went. And so you live the event through other people a little bit, but the board, as it changes scores, you're cheering at this white board there's nothing electronic about it. They just flip up the numbers. And as guys are putting on 18, they got to pause. So you've heard a roar behind you, and you know something big has happened. Now, if it was Tiger, you know it. There's no doubt about it. When they tell you there's a Tiger roar, I can now tell you there is 100% a Tiger roar. There is a different sound. You know, there's a cheer when guys make good shots. I mean, Kepka got an eagle, so you hear the cheer. And we all looked at each other like, uh-oh. <laughs> and then we heard a big roar not too long after that, and you knew Tiger did something great. So you do it, you're living it through your senses, not through electronics. It's pretty Grant, amazing.
1: Grant Fedorik from Leading Ed Fizzo joining us in Inside Sports about his experience at Augusta over the weekend. Are you even allowed to bring your phone onto the grounds, or do you have to check it somewhere?
2: No phones on the grounds, even at all. In fact, uh, you know we left ours behind, knowing that's the rule. But when you get to the gate, you don't want to delay. You want to get through. Uh, so there is a checkpoint, though, that they they will take your phone, and it's uh, it's so organized, Reed. It's uh, pretty amazing. I mean, we, the golf itself was phenomenal but the, they've just got it down to if you've been to disneyland and you just know how they move people there this is like a golfer's disneyland they they move you they're so polite everybody's friendly everybody's in a good spirit and you know the volunteers are just amazing. even the, the police officers they're working there they've been working long 12 20 hour shifts but they're just friendly. They're just very the. Uh, it's just golfers, you know. Everybody's just happy to be there and enjoying each other's company. So uh, they move you around pretty quick. The day we got there on. Uh, Sunday, We got there really early, and that's not like me, but I just had a feeling that we should get there early because of the change of times, and it was deep. I mean, we got there. We just got inside of the second wave of people moving in, and what they do is they hold people back almost, and then they say, okay, and they let you go about 20 more feet, and then they just let you kind of go in little little, uh, waves in just so that nobody's rushing, nothing happens. They don't want anybody to get hurt, and there is a lot of people.
1: So, pretty neat. You mentioned the walking and uh, and how your dogs are barking. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I just want you to kind of describe, because, you know, the fairways are pretty wide. You know, certainly there, there are hazards, but there's usually ways to avoid them as a golfer unless you want to hit a risky shot. So, it's not like a tight golf course with, with knee-high rough, but... I always read that there's never a flat lie and you're always hitting off a side hill or uphill or downhill and, and the TV doesn't do it justice. Like, Can you kind of describe how hilly it is? And, and I mean, we're not great golfers, so we'd probably be hitting off lies we wouldn't even know what to do with, right? If we had to play around there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's an exacting course and and I am a golfer um I I know this course would chew me up but the it's so important every shot that they make you can just see how they've planned it out and and I'd have to almost go hole by hole but it, the undulations are one thing the elevations are another you you know they're it's steep some of the some of the holes are just absolutely big hills uh, and then then when they're landing areas where they're hitting to it's you know some are valleys coming up hills some are going down long way around a corner but even then when you get to it it's got its own undulations on the fairway as well and you can get really tight to some of these fairways i mean we were standing in ropes where um I, I, without without it joking at all we're looking down to see i think we were watching uh dustin johnson on one hole i think and and uh Zach Johnson had missed the fairway, was another hole over, and the guys are just saying, hey, heads up, boys, and they didn't move us, but Zach Johnson with a camera right behind him, he's hitting a ball over our heads, and I mean, (laughs) we're like directly over our heads, and they didn't move us out of the way or anything, you know, they literally just said, stand still. So I'm kind of, I didn't know which way to look. I almost thought maybe I should just keep watching the hole where I don't know what Zach's doing because I don't want to take one right in the face. But at the same time, I, I was thinking, you know what, if he hits me, I'll, it'll be a great memory. So I, I just stood still and watched him blast it right over my head. It was a beautiful shot.
1: That, that, that would be quite a memory, Grant. Okay, uh, I also want to ask, and you mentioned you're not allowed to run there. And, you know, let's face it, Augusta has a, an interesting history and uh and some of the rules uh, as well, and I know, you know, you, you do hear some people say, well, you, you know, you, you can't have a lot of fun there, which I, I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, because it sounds like you had a lot of fun, but did you ever feel like <laughs> overly monitored or, or regulated, like it was in anything sort of in a stifling sort of way?
2: No, not at all. I think it's just it's just an etiquette. You know, I was I, I've been saying to somebody just earlier that, you know, there's nobody holding up a sign that says, quiet, please, during a putt or while somebody's teeing off. It's just all of a sudden everything kind of, and we're talking, you know, thousands of people just go to a hush. And there was that one point on 18 where, you know, the, the energy is just building and crowds are moving up. And I don't know what the total number is, but, you know, in the 10s, 20s, 30s, I don't even know if it was 60,000 people, just this sea of people following up after Tiger had shot, had hit 16 and done what he did and was coming up 17 and peed off on 18. This wave of people came toward us on 18, and I look back, and I was, i was first of all, just blown away by the magnitude of the number of people that followed him. And when people talk about Tiger crowds, again, you might see it on TV, but you you really don't grasp it because they're only showing him and what you can see around him. But if they did a bird's-eye view, all you saw was, like, just pandemon people. And they're all moving slowly, no running. Uh, And then just a hush falls over everybody. And it almost starts at 18 and then just made its way back. But we're talking about that many people silent literally silent and nobody had to tell anybody to be quiet it just happened and you know the the i did have a couple not i wouldn't say incidents but i had one where you know obviously my heart i, I was there i was a, i'm a big tiger fan and i don't apologize for that but um you know we were on him corner and and molinari when he dunked it in that water uh that was kind of in my head that was that moment when i thought hey this is it and i kind of gave a loud clap you know, not not a cheer, just a clap like yes. And I immediately looked around because, you know, the, the rules there are you never cheer against somebody or anything. But I was, you know, just in that moment and I got a bunch of smiles. You know, a lot of people kind of just got it. Nobody made me feel bad about it. But uh, you know, the guys I was with, we were kind of all like, uh oh, what did Grant do? Uh, you know, but even the camera guys around and the uh, you know, the people that were working there, they, they totally understood. Nobody thought and, and I got a bunch of smiles and I even got a wink from one of the one of the security guys cause I think he was just he would have done the same thing. So no uh nothing none of that at all. And they just warn you, read they just talk to you and they're they're very polite. Hey guys, nobody run, please. Uh, we don't want anybody getting hurt. Uh, it's, you know, everybody's going to get there at the same time. Feel free to walk fast, but please don't run. Very polite. Almost almost so golfer I guess, would be the best way to put it.
1: Well, Grant, I can tell you had a great experience. Thanks for sharing your story. Hey, thanks for providing the uh, injury update as well all season long on the face <laughs> show before our others' games. We appreciate that, and I look forward to seeing you when you're back in town.
2: You better read. I got a whole bunch of stories I can tell you, but we'll tell them off air. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Looking forward to those, Grant. Grant Fedoric from Leading Edge Physiotherapy. Man, incredible stories from Augusta National. I would like to go to the map. and view that tournament someday. Still 3-2 Toronto leading Boston halfway through the third period. It's seven twenty three Inside Sports on CHED. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside
2: Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 CHED.
1: All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. I, I got to say, I admire Texture Jeff and his, his quest for true 500. I got a very long and thoughtful reply from him i'm not going to i'm not going to read the whole thing i I will say this to jeff i hope you're still listening you actually make a very good point and i totally understand what you're saying but when it comes to talking about sports and numbers there reaches a point where i think we all have to agree how we are going to talk about something uh for example jeff let me put it to you this way and i I, i'm gonna I'm, i'm i'm having a little bit of fun with you but this is a serious question jeff are you bothered that a 1,000-yard season in football is still, you know, admired and something to be sought after when the NFL has increased its schedule from 14 to 16 games over the years, and the CFL has increased its game, is its schedule from 16 to 18 games? Yet we still uh, applaud a 1,000-yard season by a rusher or a receiver, even though Players in the modern day have two extra games to achieve that than they did, you know, in the 1970s and earlier in the NFL and from before 1985 in the CFL. I think sometimes we just have to accept that we know the meanings of numbers change and that we know in the NHL 500 is not what it was in 1987. But it's an easy thing to talk about. It means you are getting half your points, but we also have to realize in the NHL, that no longer means you're a middle of the pack team. It means you're a bottom third team if you're below 500. And let me. And I actually wrote this back to Jeff on the text line. When I was seven years old, I could go to a pop machine and get a can of pop for 35 cents. I can't do that anymore. The meaning of having 35 cents has changed, and I've had to understand that as I've gotten older. Just. Like we've all had to understand that 500 in the NHL, whether you're like it or not, the meaning has changed.
2: Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chad.
1: All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. I don't know about you, Kellen, but my effort level is 500 tonight. (laughs) (laughs) It's the beginning of the week. It's got to be up to at least 750 by Thursday. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. By the way, last-minute decision, I'm going to run for Premier. Ooh. Yeah, I've decided I'm going to run. The Wilkie party. Yeah, well, no, I'm just running for Premier. Oh, you're just running for Premier. Yeah, I'm just going to run for Premier. That's a long run. Just write me in. (laughs) Maple Leafs lead the Bruins 3-2. Three and a half minutes left. Hurricanes up 3-0 on the Capitals. 12 minutes left. Ovechkin in a fight with Svechnikov. Punched him several times. Svechnikov's head hit the ice. He's out of the game. Predators and Stars just getting underway. Flames and Avalanche start at 8 o'clock. Blue Jays and Twins. Twins are up 3-1 in the bottom of the 6th. Game three of the AJHL Championship Series. It is 1-0 Brooks late in the first period. Brooks already up 2-0 in the series. Elaine Vigneault hired as new coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. Four Edmonton Oil Kings on the final central scouting rankings led by Matthew Robertson at number 26. Oil Kings tickets for their home games in the upcoming series against Prince Albert go on sale tomorrow morning at oilkings.ca. Some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Don't forget about their brunch, Northern Chicken style. Buttermilk biscuits, sausage, gravy, and smashed potatoes. Sundays 11 until 2, visit northchickenyeg.com. You can text 630-630. Phone number 7804960063. Also on the scoreboard from Saturday night, Lacombe wins the Allen Cup in their home rank, knocking off Innisfail 5 2. The captain of the Generals is Kyle Ross. Kyle, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good, thanks. I uh, I can't take credit for being the
3: captain, though. That's Brendan Evans. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I had you yeah, down. No, no worries, but I uh, was. So. <clears throat> But, uh, yeah, no, happy to be here. So.
1: I, I had you down as the captain, so that is my mistake. Well, anyway, yeah. you guys won, <laughs> which is great. So congratulations. Yeah. How did that feel? I got to go and do my show from the rink on uh, Thursday night. You know, I love senior hockey. I've been to several Allen Cups. I, I used to cover the Lloyd Border Kings. How did that feel to win it and win it in Lacombe?
3: Oh, it was pretty special. I think, uh, you know, any chance to win is is going to be – a fun night and but to, to kind of at home with all the community support that we've had uh especially over the years but uh even more so this year with with hosting and, uh i think it's pretty unbelievable night for kind of everyone involved
1: kyle not that there, there's no excuse for me making a mistake on air when i had time to prepare for an interview but i am going to say this were you captain of the saskatchewan huskies
3: I was, yeah, and okay. no, I, I I wouldn't have corrected you if I wouldn't. Uh, if I just wanted to pay credit for it. So yeah, no, I, I was a U.S. guy and I was a capital.
1: Yeah. Right, okay, so i i, I may have uh, I may have incorrectly noted that. <laughs> no, yeah. I remembered you wearing a C in the past for the Saskatchewan Huskies. Did you play yeah. with Jordan Cook at all then? Uh, no, he was, we just uh, we just missed each other. You would have came
3: in right after kind of I left. So, um, but yeah, we follow those guys pretty closely, and they've had some some pretty good years since I've been gone. Just. I haven't quite got over
1: the hump, so. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show because I was pretty critical of the Huskies at the end of the game against the, against <laughs> the Bears this season. But... Oh, uh, yeah, that's All how it goes. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, tell, tell me a little bit about you getting involved with the, with, uh, with the Generals. There are so many great stories in senior hockey about guys becoming part of the you know their communities and those teams at the senior AAA level. Yeah, no, it was...
3: Uh, I, I kind of bugged... Uh, Jeff, or, or GM, that I think it might have been the, the first phone call since I got my new office in Calgary. Well, I'm new to Calgary the last kind of year and a half, and uh, he somehow found my number, I think, first day. So it was uh, kind of bugging me to come out, and um wasn't able to last year, and then this year decided that I, uh, you know, with them hosting and, you know, I could maybe try and come out and see if I could still contribute something, and um ended up kind of sticking around and had, uh, had a really fun time. got to know all the good guys again and ended up having a real good night Saturday
1: night. Well and uh, you know I think it's it, and Jeff and I talked about this on Thursday when I was out there. Alberta is very lucky because there's a structured league with some pretty intense rivals rivalries that, that allow you to play games throughout the winter. I mean some teams are assembled relatively late in the season specifically for the purposes of going after the Allen Cup. Sometimes it works, uh, sometimes it doesn't. What, what, how did you enjoy playing in Allen Cup Hockey West? How did you find the quality of the play?
3: Yeah, I, I found the quality really good. I mean, it was um, you know it's still senior hockey, so some nights you might not have had as many bodies as you'd like, uh, which is kind of a um, you know a, a constant issue across senior hockey or in senior hockey across Canada. But uh, you know when everyone was there, and we start getting closer and closer. You know, start getting the playoffs, start getting into The the level keeps uh, keeps rising, and then uh, this week in the Allen Cup, it was it was just a blast. It was a high level hockey and you know everyone's kind of fired up and playing playoff style hockey and it was uh fun to kind of be back in that mode
1: playing innisfail in the in the championship game I mean look it's it's the national final so it's going to be intense anyway but playing the team you went at it with all year for now in the one game showdown that must have been something
3: yeah absolutely i mean it was the devil you know right like it was uh in those one games here, um, you know, kind of winner takes all. Sometimes it's nice to play a team you're familiar with. You know, there's no, no feeling out process at all. It's just kind of drop the puck and let's go. So it was, uh, you know, it, now that it's done, it definitely, you know, we can say it worked out that we had the opportunity to play them. But, I mean, um, in terms of hype for the game and atmosphere in the rink and stuff, it was uh, definitely uh, worked out really well that it was uh, in know silicone.
1: Kyle Ross joining us from the Allen Cup champion Lacombe Generals as they win their fourth title. What's your day job?
3: Uh, I'm a tackler in uh Calgary actually. So I work at Flesky Flynn. and they have an office in Edmonton and South as well. But uh so yeah, so that's uh, a little different than the last time I played competitive hockey with uh, um than just going to school or just being a junior and then have a court gauge and that's it. It's a little bit different with uh, in the senior hockey game, but that's that's how I spend my time.
1: Uh, did was there a special uh, buzz around the office today? Like, did people know that that you'd won? Or, <laughs> uh, yeah, there, yeah,
3: I definitely got a few congratulations, and uh, yeah, a few people have checked it out on the, the live stream on TSN and then the replay after. So yeah, it was uh, it was kind of nice. Some of them weren't as familiar with uh, the Allen Cup as others, but um, no, I definitely got uh, a few nice comments.
1: Well, I, I think you just summed it up that some people are more familiar with the Allen Cup than others. I, I find I have to explain that, too. Either people know what it is, or when I say senior hockey, they're like, what, it's people over 65? And I'm like, no, it's, <laughs> it's not. It's just a term that it's after junior, right, If for, for, for men who want to keep playing. So uh, that's cool. Maybe you educated some people at your Calgary law firm.
3: Yeah, that's right. I think I, yeah, I got a few kind of questionable looks, like uh, "What are you talking about?" kind of thing. But then no, exactly. Like you said, once you kind of explain uh, what it's about and the history behind it and all that, it's, uh, it's definitely kind of a special opportunity.
1: Uh, are you gonna go back next year? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I
3: got a I got a five year old, and we got another another one coming. So I, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, especially after a night like Saturday, you definitely get that good feeling, and it's gonna I'm sure. Like always, everyone in senior hockey always quits in April, and then by September they're ready to go again. So we'll see. <laughs>
1: That's a good point. I-, yeah. I should ask you about the game itself. Uh, obviously 5-2, but, it, I mean, it wasn't a three-goal game, was it? What was it like?
3: No, it was um, it was really tight uh, the whole game. And, it, you know, it, as you know, in those kind of Game 7 type, uh, you know, one, one, um, one game, winner takes all, when you get down the third period up by a goal, it's almost, you know, it's almost like overtime, so we just kind of focused on not sitting back and trying to get that fourth one, because um, when you're up one and uh, they get you know, if they they tie it, they got a ton of momentum, um, either going into overtime or, you know, to get another one for the end of the period, so that was our focus to just not sit back and try and keep the four-check going, and I think uh, we got, uh, we, everyone had a big, you know, collective sigh of relief when that uh, empty netter went in, make it 4-2, and then got another one as well.
1: You know, I got a texter, Brian, who says, I watched quite a bit of that game, couldn't believe the quality of the play, and I thought your GM, Jeff McKinnis made a good point. Unfortunately, there are fewer teams chasing the Allen Cup, but you know, that means that they're being spread about on, on, on fewer teams. And I find even when, I'm, when I covered the tournament regularly, and that was over 10 years ago, uh, I, I did think the quality of the play uh, has gone up. And I know maybe there's a push here for some teams to take control of the Allen Cup rather than having Hockey Canada run it, which, which I think would be a, a good thing as well. Um, you know, and what, what was the travel like for you this season? Like a lot of road trips up to Lacombe, Innisfail, wherever you were going to play?
3: yeah there's definitely a few we practice Wednesday nights in Macomb, so it's uh, you know a few few early Thursday mornings and late Wednesday nights um, get back during the week and then you know kind of weekend games type thing. but um, you know it's uh, you know we're all kind of working together to try and get a chance to win it at home, so uh, definitely makes it worth it now um, after after this past week.
1: Well, Kyle, congratulations and pass along my apologies to the actual captain of the Lacombe Generals that I briefly gave you the C tonight. <laughs> yeah, that that's sports? right. Yeah, I thought maybe, yeah, maybe he had some news for me there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. no, he uh, Like I said, I apologize for correcting.
3: I just no, you to take sh- credit
1: for you, it. So. You, you should have. You were absolutely right to do that. And congratulations to, uh, to you and all the generals for winning the title. And Lacombe did a great job hosting the tournament, Kyle.
3: Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it.
1: That is Kyle Ross from the Allen Cup champion, Lacombe Generals. You will meet this week's 630 Ched MVP when we get back. And this week's 630 Ched MVP from Salisbury High handball player Cassidy Hartwick. Cassidy, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm
0: good. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Uh, man, a lot going on with you. You're this week's 630 Chet MVP. You have a lot of exciting things going on. I'm going to start here with the, with the big news. You're going to play team handball in Germany next year. Tell us how this opportunity came to be.
0: Um, I started playing high school handball. And then from there, I started playing Team Alberta Handball. And there's a few girls in previous years that have also gone overseas to play. So knowing that, I kind of thought maybe it was somewhere that I could possibly go with it. So I started training fairly hard starting beginning of September. And then from there, I got a tryout in Germany over Christmas break, and then I made the team there.
1: So, yeah. Wow, okay, so you just started playing handball in in grade 10 and now you're in grade 12? Yes. Okay, how how come you're so good at it? Like did it, did it just come naturally to you? Did you have a good coach or, or how come?
0: Um, it came I don't necessarily wouldn't say it came naturally, but I think my coach my coach was definitely a huge hand in making me the best player I can be because he coached He played overseas in Denmark and then coaches professionally as well. So having him as a coach there to push me to be the best and show me, like, the new skills and techniques really helped.
1: What's your coach's name?
0: Uh, Michael Namiash.
1: Okay, and this is at Sal?
0: Uh, He's my Team Alberta coach, and he's also coached me this year itself.
1: Okay, cool. Well, you know, this is interesting because team handball is, I I think, a sport that doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, I mean, we get the hockey, football, volleyballs, and basketballs of the world, uh, and team handball is probably uh, fair to say not as much on on the radar. Have you you found that, maybe as you've told people what, what you excel in?
0: Yes, a lot of time they often think I'm talking about the individual sport handball, not the team sport. And then, yeah, I find people are very confused of what it is. And throughout the years, it's definitely gotten more popular, but still a lot of questions.
1: Well, I do know it's it's much bigger in uh, in Europe than it is in Canada. So, what what was it like when you went over to Germany for the tryout?
0: I've always like played like volleyball and basketball, and like the crowds when you play there are a lot larger than they are in handball so going overseas and playing and having the same amount of crowds you would have for like a volleyball or basketball game was like pretty intense and there's like drums
1: and lots of cheering and it was just a surreal experience okay uh what city are you going to be playing in uh bad schwarta Okay, And now is this are you going like right into their their top tier team or do you are you gonna be maybe like on a junior team and you got to work your way up? How does that work?
0: Um, I start on a U18 team and then I train with a I think fourth division team. So for my first year, will I kind of get like seen how I play and then from there, hopefully moving up to the first division eventually.
1: Okay. So this, I mean, this is a pretty incredible story. You're relatively new to the sport, and now you're getting a chance to play professionally straight out of high school. I mean, is this like straight out of your wildest dreams almost?
0: Yeah, it's like something you always dream of and just never think would actually happen.
1: Whatever your parents and your family and your friends said about this.
0: They're very like excited for me to go and proud, but I think at the same time my parents are kind of like don't want you moving across the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's that's quite a move away from home. So you know, you're not, are you nervous about that?
0: Yeah, I am because like I have a very like close family bond with every like we're still very close. So it'll be interesting to not have them around, but I'm also excited to see like where I can be as an individual.
1: You're gonna to have to help me out here because I'm no handball expert. What what position do you play, and, and what sort of a role do you have on your team?
0: Um, I'm a left back, which tends to be the scorer. So I tend to score a lot of goals, <laughs> um, and then I like to like cheer people on and like kind of brings up the energy.
1: Okay, awesome. And you mentioned you also played volleyball and basketball too. Yes. And you're pretty good at those, or is handball your number one?
0: Um, definitely handball is my number one. I never really, like, I only ever played school volleyball and basketball, so I was never like super uh, committed to one of them to like excel at it. So, yeah.
1: For for people who haven't watched a lot of team handball or maybe never, uh, what why would you recommend the sport? What is it that uh, do you think would draw people in as a fan?
0: Definitely like the speed of it, and that it's like similar to sports, but at the same time it's very different. It's like fast paced; like anything can happen. You could be down by five goals in, and then in a minute it could be like tied again. It's just like the pace of the game and the dynamic of the defense offense and like how the players play.
1: It's just, it's a very fast-paced game, which is very enjoyable to watch. Okay. Well, this sounds like an incredible opportunity, Cassidy. Congratulations. All the best in Germany. And congratulations on being this week's 630 Chet MVP. Thank you. That is Cassidy Hartwick, the 630Ched MVP, presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. She was featured on Global News last week. You can get the video on the MVP section of 630Ched.com and she gets Under Armour Apparel courtesy Elite Promotional Marketing. You can nominate somebody by looking under the local tab on 630 chedcom You can also email InsideSports at 630 chedcom The Leafs win game 3-3-2. They take a 2-1 series lead on the Bruins. Hurricanes leading the Capitals 5-0 late in the third. So that'll be a 2-1 series lead for the Caps. But a big story in that one, the Ovechkin KO of Svechnikov. Predators and Stars scoreless early. Flames and Avalanche a little bit later on. In the seventh, the Twins lead the Blue Jays 3-1 and game three of the AJHL final in Spruce Grove now into the second period and Brooks leading Spruce Grove 1-0. Brooks is up 2-0 in that best of seven. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. The studio operator this evening is Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Tomorrow we are preempted by election coverage. However, if my late run for Premier is successful, I'll probably be on chad tomorrow night at some time if not i'll talk to you at six o'clock on wednesday have a great evening Six thirty, chad inside sports with reed wilkins weekdays at six on 6 30 chad